Welcome to Two Open Doors, the podcast that explores our power to open or close the doors of relationship with the important people in our lives. We hope you'll learn from and share your wisdom with our community. Thanks for joining us. In selecting a topic for today's blog, I was inspired to reflect on femininity and masculinity and how those relate to the complex phenomenon of gender. While I can't aspire to authoritatively discuss such a challenging but important topic, I'd like to offer some perspectives that I hope will be useful. In colloquial speech, the terms sex and gender are often used interchangeably. It's more accurate and more beneficial to distinguish these from one another, though, since they really refer to different things. Let's examine both of these concepts. Sex is a term that encompasses all of the biological traits that distinguish an individual, their genetics, hormonal levels, and their sexual or reproductive anatomy. Even when looking at these physical aspects of an individual, we see a considerable range of variation in each of these traits. In addition to the usual combinations of 46 chromosomes that define sexually male, or XY, and female, or XX, there are numerous variations that reflect a larger number of chromosomes and combinations, such as XXY, XYY, etc. Of course, even within the common XX and XY combinations, there is extensive, more subtle variation in which genes are expressed, and thus in how that variation is reflected in individual physical traits and behavior. Similarly, hormone levels can vary widely from person to person. Every individual experiences varying levels of the primary sex hormones, testosterone for males and estrogen for females. The situation is made even more complex by the presence and influence of other important hormones as well. Progesterone, luteinizing hormone, and the many non-sex hormones such as cortisol, adrenaline, etc. Those hormones radically affect behavior as well as physical traits. Sexual anatomy also shows considerable variation. That anatomy evolves during the gestation of a fetus, and that development reflects the influence of hormones and other environmental factors. Sexual females are born with a vulva, vagina, uterus, and ovaries, while sexual males are born with a penis and testes. Both sets of features develop from the same progenitor cells, which differentiate during pregnancy. However, there are intersex individuals who may show physical features of both sexes. Unfortunately, such individuals are all too often force-fitted into one of the other commonplace sexes. Such an act ignores a person's physical reality and can cause tremendous identity conflicts later in life. The term gender is an umbrella term that encompasses all of the socially constructed perspectives on a person's identity, their social roles, behaviors, personal expressions and presentations, and self-perception of their sexual identity. These numerous social factors make gender even more complicated and varied than is sexual identity. Gender is rooted in a person's self-image, what they perceive to be their true nature. That self-perception drives how an individual presents themselves to those around them, such as through dress and behavior. Self-perception also biases how a person interacts with others, as reflected in traits such as submissiveness or assertiveness, empathy and compassion, or toughness and emotional distance, etc. How a person is received in, in interactions with others feeds back onto that person's evolving self-image. As an example, 
Children are deeply affected and shaped by how peers, parents, and others react to them, and by what others position as normal and expected ways of being and behaving. As members of a very social species, we humans evolve to reflect both our personal nature and our social experiences. There is another component of sexual identity that isn't as well recognized, at least in Western traditions, as are physical traits such as genetics, hormones, and anatomy. That trait is best labeled sexual energy. The notion of energy, in the current sense of the word, is hard to define in the mechanistic terms that our culture seems to prefer in describing the world. This isn't energy in the sense that the term is used in the physical sciences. However, I personally don't believe that it's a purely conceptual, theoretical thing either. In my experience, energy can be felt and perceived. In fact, a flow and exchange of energy is a big part of the most satisfying intimate connections that I've experienced. The idea of energy and the cultivation of a healthy and satisfying energy exchange are some of the fundamental concepts in Eastern traditions such as yoga and tantra. The idea of energy and the cultivation of a healthy and satisfying energy exchange are some of the foundational concepts in Eastern traditions such as yoga and tantra. It may well be that sexual energy is a reference to the close physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual attunement that unites two partners in a deep, intimate connection. That connection may make itself felt in the many subtle signs that a conscious individual may perceive in their partner, expression in the eyes, subtle variations in breath, a warm and welcoming relaxation and opening of the partner's body, and many other almost subliminal signs of receptiveness, attunement, and excitement. Whatever the explanation, I see energy as a very real thing, despite its lack of inclusion, thus far, in our scientific understanding of relationship. In relationship, energy flows between the partners. It isn't just a static property of each partner. In a well-functioning and mutually satisfying relationship, the energy flows simultaneously in both directions. That bidirectional flow maintains a balance so that both partners are nurtured and neither partner becomes depleted. Equally important, for partners who are truly open to one another and who are focused on sharing their love, the back-and-forth flow actually becomes a sort of energy amplifier in which the flow increases as the connection deepens. I think of this as a wondrous resonance between the partners. My notion of deep connection is centered on promoting and facilitating that kind of resonance between partners. To return to our contemplation of sex, we can connect that to our observations about energy by noting that across multiple cultures, a place is given to two different but equally important kinds of sexual energy, male and female. The female energy is often described as mediating receptiveness, nurturance, warmth, kindness, movement and fluidity, possibility, creation, and emotional openness. In tantric traditions, these are traits associated with the goddess Shakti. In Chinese philosophy, these traits are associated with yin, which is one of the components of the complementary duality of yin and yang. The male energy is often described as mediating activity, focus, initiative, consciousness, steadfastness, structure, stillness, and protection. In tantric traditions, these are traits associated with the god Shiva. In Chinese philosophy, these traits are associated with yang, which is the other component of the complementary duality of yin and yang. 
It's important to note that in both the Indian and Chinese traditions, the male and female energies are complementary and inseparable, as in yin and yang. Each of us embodies both energies, though one or the other may predominate. Sometimes, the female energy may be strong in a biological male, such as in males who are comfortable with the expression and flow of their emotions. Similarly, some biological females may show a strong presence of male energy, such as in driving forcefully to get things done. Of course, it's a mistake, and a potentially damaging one at that, to associate any particular human traits too exclusively with either male or female. We're all a mix of energies, and we're all capable of manifesting any trait. Our sex and gender are parts of how we're perceived by others. We have an image that we form of ourselves, who we are, how we behave, etc. That's the image that we present to others in social interactions with them. In turn, we're sensitive to how others perceive and receive us. What we experience in social interactions helps mold our ever-evolving image of ourselves. Our sex and predominant sexual energy combine to form the self-image that we share with the world. The various queer gender identities reflect a self-image that does not correspond to the two widely held gender identities of male or female. Individuals are what they believe themselves to be, not some arbitrarily assigned identity imposed on them by society. Sadly, many people seem to be uncomfortable with accepting personal behaviors and identities that may not match their own expectations. Perhaps that's a manifestation of the human tendency toward classifying people into in-group or out-group categories. That is the basis for much social injustice. As humans, we have tremendous potential for rich behavior and complex identity. That richness can add interest and satisfaction to both our life and the lives of those we interact with. Realizing our potential requires that we recognize the presence of different strands of identity within us, such as our endowment with both male and female energy. Trying to stuff ourselves into a box by conforming to black and white social expectations results in our disowning our true nature. In so doing, we introduce conflicts into ourselves and we impoverish the ways in which we can experience the world. Let's instead embrace our richness and complexity and proudly share that with those we love. In understanding how widely people can vary, let's also strive to be more patient with and have deeper understanding for those around us. The world will be a better place through our efforts. To learn more about Two Open Doors and to engage with our community, I'd like to invite you to visit the Two Open Doors private Facebook group, the Two Open Doors meetup group, and the Two Open Doors website and blog at twoopendoors.com. I also invite you to contact me directly by writing to me at claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, at twoopendoors.com. I'd love to hear from you, and I'll use your inputs to guide my work on future blog posts and podcast episodes. Thanks for visiting Two Open Doors.